everybody it has been far too long <laughs> we're recording on my brand new computer that i got so i apologize if there's any weird sound issues i don't really i haven't used it before so we'll see not for this but you use it for other stuff i majorly mostly use it for tentacle porn and yeah then, yeah yeah sometimes recording i guess so this is episode 46 yeah um we've had a lot going on we have i've gotten into like an anxiety cycle about the podcast Mm -hmm. it's totally akin to like when someone calls you that you've been meaning to talk to for a while and then you're like okay I don't have time to talk to them right now and then you don't call them back the next day or the next day or the next day and then it's been too long to call them and then you feel awkward so then you just feel guilty about it and you still don't call them back Mm -hmm. you know that feeling Mm -hmm. And do. their I message do. is just sitting in your voicemail. Oh, God, you're making me feel you. anxious right now. I've had enough anxiety today. Please don't. Yeah, it's been it's been challenging. Um, we've been, I personally have been really exhausted every night. Sterling's been going through some nighttime stuff. So at the end of the day, I'm like, I don't want to do anything. Yeah, I can't even get her to knit. <laughs> no, I just want to zone out for about an hour and then go to bed. Yeah. I keep asking Angie to schedule a podcast recording and I don't know why we finally realized today that that was too much for her and she's like I do so much other stuff for the podcast I have to like do all of the editing and manage the website and all this stuff or whatever the <laughs> manage the Facebook page that I don't ever post on but I do read and look at you should post. Yeah, yeah, we, we should post I should take more of an active role as well but I always kind of feel like I don't know, I show up, I'm funny, I talk, and then enough? <laughs> no, it used not to, anymore. It used to be enough. It's just that now our workload's different. Yeah. So, anyways, this is super interesting, I'm sure, but now I have taken the role of scheduler of the podcast recording, so fingers crossed I can keep us on track. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and we do feel guilty because, you know, I know what it's like to be a podcast fan and you've, like followed someone's story and you're so into it and then there's just nothing for weeks I know weeks I've totally weeks. had that with podcasts too and then they just drop off the face of fun you're like fuck you man what do you have to do that's better than being in my ear holes yeah so we're very conscious of it and we're trying <laughs> we're really sorry yeah what have you done lately mm, we took on a at-risk youth <laughs> oh were you gonna talk about that well I mean it's a big part of what we've been up to so Jackie's 18-year-old nephew has moved in with us. Don't say Jackie's. He's our nephew. Well, just, yeah, he's our nephew. But I'm You're just, married. You've known him since he was... I'm just putting yeah, him on eight. the family tree so people know which side he's on. He's and from my side. Yes. Um, and he's just had a really rough couple of years. He's been homeless off and on and um, has a multitude of struggles. Uh, ADD. He doesn't have any work experience. He's not... Great at 
getting jobs, writing resumes, figuring out how to get a job, looking on the internet, filling out applications, just all of the things that like, just like adulting kind of things, I guess. So we basically have are his kind of his last chance place. Um, and we're working with him pretty much daily when he's available to us to try and help him essentially become a more productive human being and really just achieve some basic stuff that he needs to achieve, like getting a job and getting his driver's license and having ID and making sure he has his bank account and he has a phone and like, you know, all that basic adult stuff. And then on top of that, there's all the emotional stuff too. That's been a very big part of what's been occupying our time. And as part of that, actually, we ended up moving Sterling's stuff out of her bedroom and into ours slash the living room. And it's kind of nice. I like it. I, know. I like having all her stuff in our room. It's cozy. It's really cozy. I don't know. I like it. So we've got her, we moved her like we took, change table. Yeah, we took apart her crib. We're planning on selling it. No one wants it. Yeah, why doesn't anybody want it? I painted it myself. It looks so nice. It it's does. just too fucking big. So we got a mini crib, which if you don't know about those, they're fantastic. I don't know why we didn't think of one in the first place. I don't either. It's just a little compact crib. Yeah. And, and it'll fit her until she's like two. Yeah. Babies don't need a gigantic crib. No. It's kind of weird that you have such a huge contraption for a baby. Yeah. And it was such, like, it was quite the escapade to go and get it. I had to drive to Richmond, which is like a suburb half an hour away from here. Yeah. And Sterling was not happy. It was just me and her. And then the people, when I called them and said I was downstairs, they were like, okay, we'll be right down. It took them like 15 minutes. Meanwhile, Sterling's like screaming in the car. I didn't want to take her out because I was like, oh, they're going to come any second. Not to mention, I have to say, because I wasn't there, I'm not impressed with the fact that it's super scratched up and it did not say that in their ad. It's not that scratched up. It looks pretty beaten up, and I would have been really honest about that. And maybe that's the problem, is that we showed this, <laughs> the few paint chips that have occurred to the, the crib that we had. Mm -hmm. But we're including the touch-up paint. I don't know why nobody wants it yet, but I guess maybe it'll just take some time. Yeah. Anyway, and then by the time we got back, Sterling was screaming from being in the car seat, and then we tried to put it together... I don't know why we did this, but we're like, we're it's only going to take like 10 minutes to put together. So we're pushing back her <laughs> bedtime. Her bedtime. Oh, God. That was such a bad And she was getting choice. more and more angry yeah. and more and more just pissed off and mm -hmm. screaming and getting so worked up. Mm -hmm. And we kept just being like, no, just go play in the corner by yourself, nine and a half month old, yeah. while we put this thing together. You can entertain yourself, right? I don't know why you're screaming at us. Mm. And then... I didn't realize that there was two different sizes of screws. So then I would, we were just putting it together. And then this one last thing wouldn't go in. And I kept trying to balance this other thing. Anyway, it, it was stupid. It was the wrong size <laughs> screws. So then I had to take all the screws out and switch them. Oh, Lord. Anyway, so we have a wonderful mini crib now. Yeah. In our room. And if you know anybody who wants a crib, honestly, it's a beautiful crib. I really love it. It's just too big for us. $120. I would say 150 actually, because we're including the sheets and the touch-up paint and the mattress. Well, I put it on Craigslist for 120 so. Well, no. And no one wants it, so you can't up the price. I think it's just like a small market thing, you know? There's not a lot of people in the market for cribs. 
People are popping out babies all the time. Yeah, but people like to spend a lot of money on their baby shit. I guess so. We're the only butt crusts who aren't, who are just getting things second Well, I mean, I bought mine from our from my coworker and then painted it. It's like, it's a really nice crib. Anyway. <sighs> all right. So we are very close to Jackie getting her cervix poked and getting some sperm shoved up there. Yeah, today was actually a really good day because we... I adequately predicted and tracked my ovulation. For the first time ever? Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you needed a little help from, I needed a from little the help. Angie. Well, Angie gives me directions, and then I do what she tells me, and then she's like, oh, I forgot to tell you this, this, and this. And I'm like, cool, now I just fucked everything up, thanks. No, I said to keep your pee. I always said, okay, but keep your no, pee. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Put it in the fridge so I can drink it later. Obviously. But... I'm talking about the um, using the digital ovulation test. Uh huh. You didn't tell me that I like I put the you put the thing in, and then I realized I hadn't saved my pee, which was my bad. But I didn't realize that I needed to use the digital test anyway. Anyway, anyway so for people who are maybe just starting this process, I think it's important to save your pee. So <laughs> what you do? <laughs> yeah, sometimes Pesicles. when I was doing it. I did sometimes leave it on the counter for an exceptionally long time, and maybe one time spilled it all over a book, and then didn't tell Jackie. <gasps> Anyways. What book? Hyperbole and a Half. No! You did tell me that. <laughs> you did tell me that. Recently. Wait, how recently? Well, I haven't taken an ovulation test in a long time, so... But I just told you, like, I think it was a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah, you did. Because I was like, I have a secret about this book, and you're like, what? You're disgusting. Anyway, it's our bathroom book, and it had my pee all over it. It's a great book, though. <sighs> okay, so keep your pee, because when she said, found, okay, no, no, when you say keep your pee, she means, like, put your pee in a cup, do your ovulation test, wait until it's done, see how it looks, then make sure you don't need to confirm it with an, uh, a digital one, which means or do, do another... Cheapo uh, ovulation strip because the first one fucks up. Because there were so many times in the beginning when I would pee, dump it out, or do the test, dump it out, be waiting for it, and it would, I wouldn't be able to read it because mm-hmm. something was fucked up with it. Or yeah. it was a dud yeah. or something like that. And then it's like, fuck, you have to wait until you pee again. And Angie always tells me, you can just pee some more. I'm like, no, I can't. I don't have, like, I know that you don't technically, like, completely empty your bladder. But maybe I do, because I cannot make myself just, like, I can't just, like, pee on command after peeing. I was always able to. If I forgot that I had to test or something, I'd be like, oh, and I would just sit there. All you need is a couple drops. Yeah, you said that, but I couldn't. That's because you didn't believe in yourself. (laughs) You just have to sit there, and you have to believe in yourself and believe that it can happen. Mm Mm-hmm. So I so this is like the religious argument that I just don't believe enough. My faith is weak. Yeah, your Um, faith and your pee. Actually, I think my my bladder's real strong. Anyway, so you ovulated or might be ovulating right now. You know what? I had a twinge on my right side, so I think it's happening. Oh my god! I know. I was like, ooh, it's like I can feel it right now. Okay, so maybe your ovulation pain. This is interesting. About twelve hours ish. No, not quite. Mm-hmm. That ovulation pain is not, that's like actual ovulation, not mm-hmm. pre or post. Well, it's not, it makes sense because why would it, why would you have a physical sensation for what, an LH surge? 
Yeah, maybe just the eggs being like, hey, I'm going to come. I'm going to go out. I'm no, gonna this get, is I'm like go. fully like my body being like, this is, it's coming. <laughs> get ready. It's going to come. We're going <laughs> to drop it. <laughs> drop it like it's hot. It's an egg drop pain. Anyway, so that's cool because I fucking know my body and my my cycle is very predictable. So that's hopefully going to make things a lot less stressful than it was when Angie was trying. Okay, we just realized that we have big fuzzy curtains behind us. So big fuzzy can... meat curtains. <laughs> <laughs> it should help with the echo. Okay. Yeah, anyway. And she just took her pants off and is just <laughs> waving them around. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Our life is so exciting. We're so fun. All right. So your ovulation predictor says that you're going to ovulate next on the 30th. Uh-huh. And so we need to get shit done before then. We need to... You do that stupid form. Oh my god, you were supposed to call the clinic to get all the info for that stupid well, letter. There's no form, it's just a letter. Oh yeah, okay. So a we have a notarized letter. We have to get a notarized letter saying that Jackie's allowed to use the sperm because technically I own it entirely. She doesn't have any ownership over it. Yeah, even as a married couple, legally married, I was like, really? I mean, part of me thinks that's great <laughs> because Canada's very careful about human products. The other part of me is like, God damn it, another motherfucking red tape hoop motherfucking shit. So that's a thing we have to do. Mm -hmm. uh, so we have to do that. We have to, don't you have to get your prescription filled for? Letrozole. Yeah, you have yes. that? I have it. Okay. So that's not a big thing, but it is a thing. And. No, you need to get it now because you're supposed to take it. I can't remember. Your eyes are so big right now. <laughs> when are you supposed, you're supposed to take it. Oh, day three to day seven of your period. Oh, right. So you need to get it filled like now because your Damn. period's coming. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. we can do that tomorrow maybe. Yeah. Um. So it's, yeah, things are moving along. I'm a little apprehensive, but I'm mostly just excited now. Mm -hmm. I think because... Um, it the, feels crazy to be doing it without all the, like, insanity. <laughs> What insanity? The, you mean the insanity that... What, yeah, what insanity? The insanity of, like, I must get pregnant. It's sort of just like a... This is the thing we're doing. Oh, we're gonna, let's just I kind of feel like we're just, like, getting ready to go on a trip or something, you know? That same sort of, like, all right, this well, is that's, coming up. That's a good segue into the fact that we are actually going away right before we're going to try and uh, inseminate, which I think will be good because I'll be very relaxed... We'll have chilled with our friends in the Okanagan. Just like We're not going to the Okanagan. Whatever. The <laughs> Kootenays. I don't know. Somewhere up there. We're Somewhere. going north. We're going just north of Kamloops to a lake and in a cabin which has a hot tub. And we are going to have fires at night. I'm so excited. I think it's going to be such a wicked trip. And the people we're going with are just the bomb. And it's going to be great. And Sterling hopefully will just have the best Yes. So that's going to be like your last hurrah before mm -hmm. you get pregnant. Are you? So I'm going to drink, bitch. I'm going <laughs> to drink and I'm going to eat carbs and it's going to be so good. Well, you're definitely going to eat carbs when you're pregnant. So yeah. Yeah. But you're on keto. I'm on the keto diet. I have had some success with keto diet. I'm feeling better physically. I had kind of gotten to the point with, like, my stress leave and just the way life kind of has changed as parents, I had kind of 
felt, got to that point where I felt like uncomfortable in my body. Like I just felt I'd gained weight. I wasn't as, I, I was dealing with a lot and I'm not like mad at myself about it or anything, but I need, I kind of got to the point where I was like, okay, I need to do something. And I really don't want to go into trying to get pregnant, feeling unhealthy in my skin. So I tried the keto diet and it's actually worked really well for me. Um, and it's not that painful. So if you're struggling, um, eat fat to beat fat, man. So the keto diet is high fat, high protein. No, no, you don't say it. Low you don't carb. Know. No. Extremely low carb, moderate protein, and high fat. Okay, that's what I just said. That is not what you said. You yeah. added the word extremely. That's all you did. You said high protein. It's not high protein. It's not like Atkins where you can eat as much protein as you want. It's not like that. You have to regulate the amount of protein you eat because it it can interfere with the way your body gets into ketosis, which is the process by which your body stops relying on carbohydrates as fuel and relies on fat and starts to tra- um what's the word? Starts convert stored fat into ketones, which your body can then use as it would carbs. Wonderful. So, yeah. And we also have a message from a listener who is also on keto. So why don't you read that message? Jackie. All righty. Throwing it over to Jackie. So this is from Melissa. Here you go, Jackie. I'm You can read it. Shut up. You can read it right now. Shut your fucking mouth. Okay. So it says, hey, ladies, and Sterling, too, <laughs> which is very cute. I have no idea how many emails you get, so I apologize. Wait, wait, wait. What if you, like, gave this person a really weird accent? No. I have highlighters. That's, I'm going to read it, so okay. maybe you should just, like, stop. Um, I have no idea how many emails you get, so I apologize if this is part of a million messages you get. That's, it is. Oh, my God. Wow, yeah. Our inbox is, like, bursting. Always full. Because, you know, like, biggest audience out there is lesbians <laughs> who are trying to get pregnant. <laughs> but if you want to send us messages, we, we will like always them. read them. We, we love read them. all of them. We do. It's just very flattering that you think that we get millions. <laughs> That's not the case. We just get a couple hundred, let's be honest, okay? Anyways. I'm not sure how many listens you're up to yet, but I imagine it has to be climbing by now. I know I personally have shared your podcast with a few social media outlets because I think it's a perfect platform for us lesbian couples to not feel so alone in our journey to trying to conceive. Thank you. Yes. Much appreciate the shares, and I'm so glad that you feel like it's helping because that's why we started it. Um, I don't remember how I came across your podcast. I believe I read about it somewhere and I immediately added it to my feed and then of course binge listened to it. This is something a lot of people have said to us. Apparently a lot of people really enjoy having our ears in our ears in their mouths. <laughs> it's a weird fetish of our listeners. Our voices in their ears. So I'm glad we don't have those like horrible annoying voices. Anyway. I actually think I do have an annoying voice, but... Yeah, only when you talk to me, though, so... Oh, ouch. <laughs> ah! Anyway, I only have one episode left until I'm 100% caught up. I'm sure I will listen to that today, though. LOL. It's a great way to help make my day of driving around town interesting. Your podcast, like I said earlier, is super helpful in not feeling so alone in this journey. You guys nailed it on the head when you talk about how there are few resources and outlets for us to learn and even discuss our experiences. So thank you for putting yourselves out there. You know, that's something that I don't consider a lot. That, like, this is a big share. (laughs) You know, a lot of people, I think a lot of our friends even are very, like, suspicious of sharing too much on social media. And I just don't, it doesn't concern me. I've never been worried about it. And I, like, 
just feel like I'm not that interesting that someone's going to, like, get obsessed with me and, like, start stalking me. So I don't think that's the issue. I think it's more your employer or future employers looking you up and being like, huh, what does she say on this podcast and listening and then you offend them somehow and they fire you or you don't get a job or something. Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess that's something I should be worried about, but I'm not. So <laughs> I guess it's maybe good that we're not worried about that. Um, and then, okay. And then anyway, so you're welcome. Is what I was trying <laughs> to get at. Fucking welcome. <laughs> First of all, I want to say, Angie, you are not alone with your mother. It is rather insane. I, I wish she was alone with her mother, but unfortunately I have to fucking be there too. <laughs> it is rather insane how similar our mothers are. My mom isn't so much on the borderlines. Well, maybe I don't need to read about her mom. I mean, that's kind of her information. Anyways, she relates to Angie's mom issues. Let's just skip that part. She ended it with high five for surviving, which I think... High five. Nice work. Um, also, I should get like a high ten for surviving because she's <laughs> not my mom. What, nothing? No. What? <laughs> so my wife and I are currently in the process of trying to get pregnant and have been unsuccessful yet. We are currently in the two-week wait of our fifth cycle. We have a known donor that we are using and are attempting to inseminate at home. Our second cycle, we had a chemical pregnancy, but nothing since. I have a 10-year-old daughter from a previous quote-unquote relationship. I was young, can't say it was a real relationship. And loved being pregnant, so we decided it would be best for me to carry. Loved being pregnant, that's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody is different. We've yet to try any medications, mostly because my doctor said we had to try a couple more cycles before she would move forward with meds. Okay, that bothers me. Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever. I guess doctors are allowed to have these ideas, but it's really not up to your doctor. Yeah. I, it's I not, appreciate that our doctor straight off is like, take this shit, it'll help. We're well, like, okay. Yeah, and like, the idea that it's, it's not the same as a couple who's having trouble conceiving. We don't have a problem conceiving. We just don't have the all the things we need to conceive. Mm-hmm. So I know that a lot of I mean I don't know what it's like where you are, but or where all of you are, all listeners. Um, but here I've heard from multiple people that you have to try unsuccessfully to conceive for a year as a straight couple who doesn't have any impediments to that uh, before the uh, uh, fertility specialist will even see you. Yeah. That should not apply to queer couples. Mm-hmm. We can't try. Like it just You're not trying in the same way. You're yeah. not you can't it do it by yourselves. So it just seems really stupid to me that they would limit your ability and also they're taking for granted that you just can afford all these months and months of IUI. Like it's well, not doing it at home. Still, you have to pay for the IUI. I mean, I don't know what it's like there. No, they're for, doing it at home insemination. That's free. Oh. All right. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I stand corrected. But still, it's like... It's, it's not, still frustrating. It's I still frustrating, it frustrating. And it's and usually when you... I feel like, based on the stories we've heard, that when people come to the point at which they're ready to start trying, they're like ready, ready. Like, not like, mm, let's just pull the goalie kind of ready, but like, let's have a baby now. And time is usually a bigger factor for queer couples, I think, because a lot of us... It takes us um, a while to get to the point where we're, like, able to do it financially um, or even just, like, an organized enough person to make it happen that we're usually older when we start trying, I think. 
right? Yeah. I mean, my example might be skewed. I don't know. But that's my impression of it. And having someone else tell you just arbitrarily based on nothing really concrete that you have to try, you have to keep trying without, it just seems really cruel. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I were you... Try and advocate for yourself. Yeah, this is the other thing. Like, It's hard because doctors, some doctors just come across <laughs> as being so authoritarian mm-hmm. that you kind of feel shut out and shut down by them. So It's really good to, to like do a lot of your own research for that reason because a lot of the time queer people don't get the right kind or the, the best kind of medical care because either our providers aren't really that familiar with the things that are important or necessary to us or... <clears throat> Or are because of the fact that you know we've had different experiences with being accepted by people in positions of power, people with positions of authority, it can be really hard to advocate for ourselves. And I think that um, to empower you to do that would be the best thing I could do for you because sometimes you just have to say, well, you know, we've tried five times, which to me that's fucking enough. If you say I want to use medication, there's no reason unless it's going to hurt you that they should say no. Hopefully that's helpful and hopefully hopefully this is a moot point because this email is from the beginning of June and maybe you're already pregnant and I'm just talking to a wall. But if for anybody else out there, I think that that's really good advice and it's always been something that we have done for ourselves. Um, however, it hasn't been... We haven't really come up against much that has been problematic for us in terms of our uh, physicians. They've been very, very well-versed. I think Vancouver is a pretty gay city. So we're definitely not, like, the only gay couple at this clinic. So that's a benefit to us, but everywhere is different. And I really hope that you find your doctor is helpful and not just, like, putting up barriers for you. So if this month doesn't take, we move to trying the letrozole. We have considered moving to IUI to try and increase our chances. However, if we move to IUI, we can't use our known donor due to FDA regulations. Boo. So we're trying to be patient. So this is something that a lot of people don't know, and I, I, I've had a lot of friends say, oh, like, we're just going to do, like, what you did, but with, like, a known donor. I'm like, yeah, you, it's not, you really have to do your research and know what's expected because your timeline could be bumped off by, like, an entire year trying to do that. So for us, even though that was a sort of a potential option for us, we were like, well, it's not worth the amount of time. We'd rather spend the money. So we're monitoring cycles very closely. Uh, I changed my way of eating to the keto diet and have lost weight, which could increase our chances as well. Um, and that's, I mean, that's something that can work. That's I've heard that weight can be an issue with fertility, which is like, I don't know, some of, some of that feels like fact and some of that also feels like fat shaming. So I think make sure you're because there's a specific range like I talked I asked my um, our fertility specialist about that and he said I'm not I'm not in the category that it would be actually a detriment to my ability to conceive but I just am I'm just trying to be as healthy as I can basically because anything you do in terms of like maintaining your health is going to help so good for you on that if you feel like sharing some recipes I'm your gal because I'm all about something new every day if I can However, I do eat a lot of Caesar salad. That's right, people. You can have Caesar salad pretty much every day if you're doing keto. So that was a good, that was like a selling point for me. So the hardest part so far, I feel like, is that we have a third person involved in our efforts. Unlike a hetero couple where it's just them and they can try as much as needed, 
We have a third person. While willing, is still another person that is waiting to hear what's next, coordinating his schedule around my schedule, and overall just being dragged with us. Thankfully, he is the most patient soul ever, but it still carries some guilt that he is a part of the process that we have minimal control over. We've discussed possibly freezing his sperm so that he can take a cycle or two off if he wants. And if for some reason we're still at this in six months, we could then use it for an IUI or IVF. has to be in quarantine for six months before it can be used. So that's something that we definitely struggled with. We had a really hard time managing scheduling. And I mean, we picked probably the wrong person because um, when we first started trying with a known donor, because he didn't have a schedule that was predictable, or at least he wasn't, he worked away. <laughs> so uh, that made things really crazy for us. And it, it really was like too much stress for Ange because she was in that, that stage of just feeling desperate to have a baby. And that was hard enough in and of itself. But then to couple in someone else's schedule and other, uh, another person's timing, another person's, you know, family, it's just, it's a lot. It's really a lot. And I'm glad that, that your known donor is really open and like super understanding. And I hope that that stays that way for you. Um, it had, had always kind of been a dream of mine to be able to have a known donor and have that person be in our child's life. And, um, Ideally, that would have been nice, but I think that you kind of end up with the family you have, and like really, if it was this or or nothing, I'm much glad, much happier that I have this. Um, and really, the point is to have a baby. It's not the rest of it is like kind of secondary. So hopefully, it works for you. We really are rooting for you. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for taking the time to write. We really appreciate hearing from our listeners. And we know, I mean, I know I don't write to a lot of my favorite podcasters. So I know that there's a lot of you out there that are steadfast and are like following us, but just don't take the time to reach out. And that's okay. That's totally okay. Um, right now, Angie is trying to nurse our baby. She woke up. She's been, oh man. The last couple weeks have been real tough. Um, I shouldn't complain too much because I think Sterling's generally speaking a pretty easy baby. Um, but her sleep has gone from like really easy to put down at night to, oh my God, why is this taking almost an hour every night? So that's been a little stressful and that really has contributed a lot to both Ange and I feeling incredibly exhausted by the time sort of our day is done and she's down for bed and we've like had dinner and cleaned up and then we're just like, oh, done. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I hope that it changes soon, but babies are unpredictable, man. And it's really, it's kind of fascinating and it's also kind of stressful because you don't know what's what tomorrow's going to be like. Like I had no idea today she'd be incredibly sensitive. Like I've never seen her this way and I think it was teething. That's the other thing that I, oh, drives me nuts that it's so hard to figure out exactly what's upsetting them. They can't tell you. It's not obvious necessarily. Like, okay, she's, um, like today she was really needy. She didn't want anyone to leave the room ever. Um, when she dropped food out of her mouth, she started crying. Like, that's not necessarily a clear sign that, like, your baby's having teething pain. 
But then when you kind of couple that with like she's reaching into her mouth and she's um, kind of she pulls at her ears and sort of hits herself in the head, which is really disturbing to see. But it's, it's just like that. Ugh, something's bothering me. And then you kind of look at her temperament and see what that she's like acting so different. Um, we ended up giving her some Tylenol and that helped a bit, but she was really like struggling with naps and she like had a rough sleep last night. And so it was just a really tough day for her. And she's now woken up only two hours after she went to sleep, which is, eh, it's so-so for her. So hopefully things improve, but we decided we were going to start because we are essentially we're practicing um, attachment parenting. We have been, you know, rocking her to sleep at night and then putting her into our bed. And then when we go, when she wakes up, we lay down next to her and she puts her little hands in our ears and, you know, we snuggle her back to bed, back to sleep and stuff. And that's been really lovely. But I think we're realizing now that as um, Andrew's return to work date is coming up and we're going to start wanting slash needing people to babysit her that we need to kind of change things up a bit to make it a, her a little bit more adaptable to other people in other situations. So <laughs> that's been really interesting. Um, kind of before we started doing this, Angie seemed to be having more, more difficulty getting her to sleep at night than I would. And we take turns. So I'd like come out of the bedroom after like 15, 20 minutes and Angie would be like, what the fuck? Like, why was it so easy for you? And then she'd be in there for like 45 minutes the next night. And now that has reversed. <laughs> so her nights go really smoothly because she just was like, I'm just not going to rock her to bed anymore. I'm just going to feed her and then I'm going to lay her down. And every time I lay her down, I'm just going to say nighty night and just pat her and sing to her like we normally do um, and just have her fall asleep next to me instead of rocking her to sleep. So for Angie, this worked. <laughs> Every time, you know, the baby would eventually sit herself up and then Angie would lay her back down and say nighty night and keep patting. And she would just do this and do this until the baby eventually calmed down and went to sleep. So I was like, cool, that's amazing. I, I can't believe that was so seamless. That's awesome. Yay us. And then the next night came and it was my turn. So I tried this. And what Angie had said was, okay, so this is what I did. I kept doing that. And then eventually she kind of um, I, we have like a playlist, like a, God, we're terrible. Anyway, we have this like playlist for her when she goes to sleep. That's like all these soothing songs. And then it ends with like a white noise flowing river thing. She was like, by the time we got to the end of the playlist, she still wasn't settled. So I nursed her again. And then I put her and then it worked. So I was like, okay, so we have, I have a plan. I will just keep laying her down and saying nighty night and patting and shushing and singing. And eventually if we get to the end of the playlist, and she hasn't been settled, I'll get Angie to come in and feed her, and then I'll just continue on, and hopefully we'll have the same kind of success. That is uh, not what happened. Um, so I started off like laying her down, and she cried when Angie left the room after feeding her initially, which is not uncommon. She usually does, which I get, because she's like all cozy, and she's like, yeah, yeah, I'm getting there. Hey, whoa, whoa, what? What's going on? Why, is, why are we switching moms? So I understand that. So eventually she kind of calmed a bit she it took her a while because at first she would literally just I'd lay her down say nighty night and pat her and she would turn to her side get on her stomach get up on her hands and knees and then sit up and then I'd lay her down and then she'd turn on her side and it just like went like this for probably about the first 15 to 20 minutes it was a bit frustrating um but she kind of eventually started laying down for longer 
And then when she was, like, getting up, she wasn't actually getting up. She would, like, get up and, like, flop her face onto my face or, like, was trying to, like, lay in funny positions and stuff. And we were kind of getting somewhere, but it was still, like, really slow going. And then the playlist ended, so I was like, oh, Ange, why don't you come in and feed her? Oh, my God, what a stupid idea that was. Anyways, so Angie comes in, feeds her. The minute she leaves, the baby was like, whoa, like, now I'm really tired. Where are you going? You can't leave. So she just got really upset, and the more I laid her down and shushed her and patted her, the more worked up she got to the point where she was hysterical. Like, I haven't actually seen her like that, I don't think, before. And so then I was like, fuck this. I'm just going to rock her to sleep, but that wouldn't even work. She was so far gone at that point. It was just, like, in that, like, <laughs> crying thing where she didn't even really have control over herself anymore, and she was so tired, and I was so... Oh, I was so like crestfallen over it because Angie came in and she was like, why did you ask me to come feed her? And I was like, oh, what? Why would you say that to me? And I'd been in with her for like an hour and 10 minutes at this point. And I was so bummed, but I also got so mad at her because I was like, I thought this was the plan. I thought this is what we said we had to do to get her to sleep. So when that was the first thing she said and I was feeling and it's also like it's really upsetting to have your baby be that upset and not be able to help her um and that hasn't happened a lot with me like I know I can't feed her but generally speaking I can calm her down and we spend a lot of time together so it 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 hurt my feelings and I know Angie wasn't trying to hurt my feelings at all she was just sort of like oh like recognizing that like that was a thing we shouldn't have done Uh, It just felt like it was blaming me at first, which I was like, are you kidding? Like, I have been so patient with this kid and so patient with this process, and I don't like it anyway. So Angie ended up having to put her to sleep that night, and I was disappointed. So the next night, Angie does it again. Works fine. Like, really? Like, she didn't cry once? Nope. Ugh. And then I was, like, intensely jealous. And then I tried it again the, the next night, and it also, this like, the same thing kind of started happening. I was like, okay, I'm not doing this. I just like did what I normally do and that eventually worked but it did take about an hour so after that I was like we're not I can't do this anymore like this this is a flawed system for me there's some for some reason there's some sort of disconnect that when I lay down with her she's really super resistant to it so I don't want to keep putting her through this torture and torturing myself so we kind of came to an agreement that Angie would keep doing it the way she's been doing it um laying her down because that's working and I'll just like slowly gradually decrease the amount of time I spend rocking her so that hopefully we can I can like get her to a place where she just falls asleep in my arms without like constant motion um and then maybe one day I'll be able to have her lay down and just fall asleep next to me um so that was a long drawn out way of saying fucking parenting is hard (laughs) making decisions about parenting is challenging Uh, Being on the same page with your co-parent can be challenging. Um, But it's really important to, like, keep checking in with each other, remembering that we're on the same team and we want the same thing. It's just that, you know, the baby isn't going to respond to both parents in exactly the same way. And that's okay. She has a different relationship with Anch than she does with me, and I don't have the boobs. I don't have the magic breastfeeding boobs. So um, it's just going to have to be a little bit different for me. So hopefully that will be successful but if not whatever I guess I'll just rock my baby to sleep forever while I'm pregnant with a newborn in the other arm I don't know (laughs) we'll see oh good Angie's back you don't have to listen to me rambling 
and rambling all by myself. Oh good, Andy's back. All right, so I think it's about time that we hear from Alex and Aaron. Yes. We have been so interested and excited in, in hearing about their journey and we feel really bad that they sent us a recording a while ago and we took this long to get it out to you because we are terrible. You guys have all been sitting on pins and needles like, what happened? What did they do? I can't handle not knowing. <laughs> so here it is. Hello everyone, it's Alex and Erin and we're just gonna give you a little update. Uh, we had the transfer about five weeks ago yeah, it was really fast and easy. It went really smoothly. That morning, I went to get some acupuncture, which really helped chill me out, zen me out, and get me relaxed, which was awesome. And we got to the doctor, I drank a ton of water, and then the procedure itself took about three minutes. Um, he placed the embryo apparently right where it should have been placed. Perfect, perfect. Perfect placement. And then I just had to go to the bathroom. I couldn't really concentrate on You're much like else. wing out of your eyes. Yeah, it was pretty bad. But uh, it was it, he was it was great because Alex was able to come in with me and take some photos and just be there. So it was really special. And um, that afternoon we took it easy, had a little foot massage, had some good food, and then the next day, I think we were there two or three days after, Yeah. Um, and then I had acupuncture every day with that as well, which, I don't know, felt nice and calmed me, it really actually calmed me down quite a bit, which was unusual and a nice feeling. <laughs> um, and we had a bath in the hotel room we were staying in, so I took some baths. And, and you've been listening to those, like, mantras? Oh, yeah, there's these, like, I don't know, post IVF meditation things I found on YouTube um, just relaxation stuff because I, I knew like how much you're supposed to be relaxed so that the embryo implants and everything so I was trying really really hard to be relaxed which it was exhausting but I did I really think I stayed kept for those 10 days for as much as I could I was relaxed yeah you did really really good so we're only back for about a week and you're working from home, which is good. Yeah, it just like coincidentally, my boss was out of town, and so I was able to work from home. So I didn't have to sit in traffic, and I was very worried about the embryo bouncing out because the roads are so bad here. I'm like, what if it bounces out? As well, I said, that Bangladesh is like oh the most densely populated country in the world, so yeah. clearly the roads aren't affecting population. I know. Yeah, I know. but still, in my head, I was like, what if it like, just falls out from all the bumps? Anyway, but it's just stressful, like seeing in traffic for twelve. Like for 12 k's, which is like about 10 miles, that can take about two hours some days. Yeah. And so. like, sorry, it was nice for you to work from home instead, yeah. and I was cooking for you. Yes. For our two week wait. Yep. But it wasn't successful. We found out um, that morning. I woke up about 5:30. I'd been up since about four. Yeah. And so we bought some pregnancy tests and put on pen and brought back with us. So we took like four pregnancy tests. Yeah. And all of them were negative, so that was really, we were like, obviously bummed out, but still a bit hopeful, because obviously the pregnancy tests aren't apparently 100% accurate, so then we went to get blood drawn, um, but did find out that it was negative. So, I was pretty bummed. I was extremely upset. Yeah, we were really, really sad. Yeah, I didn't think I'd be as sad as I was, actually. I was, it really hit me hard. Um, but we got... Instantly, we started chatting to the doctor to see what next steps were. Like, within, like, five minutes, we basically were, like, trying to set up a call with him so that we would be able to get dates going. Because we already had the date set, actually. So we just wanted to reconfirm it and um, 
talk through what happened because the doctor was actually quite surprised as well. That yeah, he did. sounded pretty heartbroken for us, I didn't know. he? He like dropped everything to get on a call with us, and made me send him like a picture of the results as if I can't read negative. But yeah. anyway, but he just was pretty bummed for us. So yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah. So we were able to set the date, and um, I was able to take work. I took. I've already taken work off at that point, and we're all set up. So. Yeah, we, we talked through, like, do we want to do one embryo or two embryos the next time? Um, because, it, I mean, like I said, I was, like, really upset. Like, really, really upset. And I, it, but even though it was only a 40 to 50% chance, I guess in my head, I thought it was going to be more. I don't know. I just binked on it. Like, I hadn't been, I had been so healthy for, like, this six months before, like, eating extremely healthy, doing all the yoga, exercising, no drinking, like, I think I just put so much energy into making, like, trying to control everything is my personality, so I was trying so hard to control the situation, which obviously doesn't help at all, so, um, I think just going through that was, was a tough reality, um, so yeah, we just kind of hung out that weekend, I was sad. Yeah, I kept it pretty quiet, but obviously because a lot of our friends knew why we'd been to Phnom Penh, we had to kind of tell them. That our we friends were, here. Our friends here, and a couple of other friends as yeah, well, sure. like knew what we're up to, tell them we weren't pregnant. And mostly we, we was like really supportive. Our friends have been really great and super supportive. We had some other friends who, I feel like probably anybody else in the same boat as us who was going through this, and if you've had a, a negative go, um, people say some stuff to you and you're probably a bit more sensitive to it, but people saying like, I don't know, like telling us a story about their friend of a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend or a cousin or something or other who's also tried IVF and they've been trying for years and then finally after like 10 years they had a surprise baby and now like it's a miracle and their life has changed forever and you should feel grateful. We're like, well, that's not really going to happen for us. It's not really safe. Is we're not just going to have a baby randomly in 15 years or something. Uh, or like, oh, like one friend I have is also gay and her and her partner tried this and it took them like years. And, and like, they're so surprised we don't know they're gay friends. I know, it's weird. Yeah. But we're like, well, first of all, they were doing at-home insemination, which isn't, again, which is a wonderful choice for a lot of people. But for us, you know, we went the IVF route, which I get in my head, I'm like, IVF? I feel it's easy, in my head it was going to be easier because like all the hard thing like with IUI and like just con naturally conceiving is really as everybody knows is really hard and like the probability I mean for the egg and the sperm to connect I mean there's just so many steps whereas in IVF they already have like the embryo is created all it needs to do is stick and I was like I couldn't even make my body get it to stick like there's only one thing it needed to do and I couldn't even do that so doesn't yeah. personally. Well, I know, I'm just saying. No, but you take it like that, but it's not. I know. But yeah, so we were a bit... Yeah, like I said, most of our friends are really good, but there was a couple of, like, stupid comments. Oh, we really wanted to say it was like, oh, shit, I'm really sorry. Like, that sucks. But they're like, oh, yeah, well, I heard it's a long process. It might take a year. I'm like... Keep trying. Things Be positive. I, like, things I don't need to hear Think right now. positive things. Oh, fuck off. I am positive. <laughs> anyway. Um, so anyway, how we dealt with it was, well for me, I just threw myself into exercise and I run like a group training on my rooftop because it's very difficult for people to go outside, you can't like run the streets because there's no like 
footpaths or it's just not accessible. Girls can't run, you can't wear shorts and singles, all those things. So I run like a, a training on my rooftop, which is for me. So, um, which is with my stress level of like I throw it straight to training stairs, got a little bit out of hand because I've just got like a huge truck tire delivered. Um, so I make people like flip it or I've been like dragging it around or like just pushing it above my head and walking around with it above my head. Um, it's gotten a little bit silly at the moment and one of our friends who comes to my training is uh, just said that everyone's really hoping that we get pregnant soon because I need to tone down these training sessions a bit. <laughs> just to help your stress. Yeah, because I'm killing everybody with the training. <laughs> yeah. That's how I've sort of been dealing with it. Um, but it got a little bit more intense after we heard from our doctor again. Yeah. A couple of weeks after we found out we weren't pregnant. Um, and we he was WhatsApping us asking if we could change our dates. And we can't. Like with my work schedule, I... I have had this day booked. I um, I've taken off for almost two months at this point. I'm like I can't just change things around. The one weekend he wanted to do it, I'm running a workshop, so there's no way I could take it off. And he's like, okay, well, can you just come a day earlier? And I can't. So like, I I can't ask my boss for another day off. Again, I w I had this other training I was going to be leading, so I can't. And I also uh, I just can't tell my boss like the organization I work with would not be okay with really me getting pregnant. So it's going to be tough as it is. So I absolutely can't tell my boss. Why we're popping why? over to Phnom Penh And why for are we weekend? constantly going to Bangkok? Why are we, and I make up excuses all the time. I have this like fake problem with my stomach for the reasons we have to go over to Bangkok. So it's tough. Like I, I can't do that. So he was like, okay, well, can you come a different weekend? And I said, no, I, I absolutely can't come another weekend. We've had this on the books for over six weeks. So well, you can't also just go to Phnom Penh for a weekend. Like the flights don't match up. Right. So, so we looked into that and you'd be basically like sleeping in an airport for two nights. Yeah. So I would be leaving here at midnight. I would be spending the night in the hotel in Bangkok and then arriving in Phnom Penh at like 7 a.m. And then he wanted to have the transfer at, like, 9. So then, like, talk about stress on my body. Yeah. Like, it's completely the opposite of first time around. I was able to do yoga. All right, sorry, I was able to do acupuncture yeah. and just, you know, chill out. Where this, I'd be getting off a red eye after absolutely not sleeping and then going for the transfer. And then the next, the same night, I would have had to jump on a flight, spend another night in the airport to get back to Dhaka in time. And I was like, ah, it's not even, this, it wouldn't have worked. And maybe it would have, but my head wouldn't have allowed me to think it could have yeah. worked. And we would have just spent all that money on a second transfer and the flights. And maybe wasted an egg. Exactly, exactly. Work. Wasted another egg or two. And then it, you know. So anyway, I had to get off WhatsApp because I was like losing it. And Alex thankfully took over. Yeah, that was like the first time for me that I think it all like came together and like the realization of it all trying to organize it when he was trying to like mess us around because he wanted us to wait like a whole other six weeks oh that's right and it was like when we first found out we weren't pregnant even like find like doing the calculations again and working out we're gonna have to wait another six weeks we could try again sounds a bit silly but like it was really heartbreaking to yeah. be like oh my god what are we gonna do for six weeks it just seemed like because at the time like the day you know the day i found out we weren't pregnant, it would have been exactly two months to the day yes, that right. we would yeah. have found out. And I was like, that's, I just couldn't get over. I'm like, I can't wait two more months to be exactly where I am right now taking the pregnancy test. Like, yeah. it just, for some reason, I just couldn't handle it. Yeah. So, when, yeah, the date is just really long, huh? Yeah. So I was like chatting to him and 
yeah, I told Aaron to stay off WhatsApp, like, let me deal with this, and I was just really persistent uh, with him that he really did have to come back, so, like, he's a lovely guy, he's flying back from China, I think, that morning to yeah. do... Just to do the test for and then go back. And then it. he's flying back to... Wherever he's coming Yeah, wherever from. he's going to next, yeah. but... Which is nice, because at that point, we would have, it would have pushed us from end of June to, like, mm -hmm. mid... July. end of July beginning of August yeah and again like I know it sounds silly but then that pushes my trip back to the states if you know if I were to get pregnant at that time and then we would have had to go back to the states even later which doesn't work it's just but we also had planned this for a March starting date and it'd been to deliver in March so that I could have no, no no we were supposed to have the first try was oh, supposed sorry, to be in sorry. March yeah. And, like, the clinic has sort of mucked us around a couple of times. So we feel like we're very patient. We're understanding that, you know, it's complicated with a doctor also traveling around the world. But it's not easy for us to just pop over for a weekend. And that's not how we want to try and have a baby either, with you getting red-eye flights back and forth, you know? Yeah. So, anyway, it finally worked out. And he's, like, um, fantastic. And he's going to do it just a couple of days later than mm -hmm. we planned. So that still works out for us. It's going to be Eid holidays. So we have a couple of days off. That means we can go back for about four days. So it does work out there, but yeah, it was quite stressful. But yeah, anyway, after that we let loose. Oh yeah. So after yeah, after we get the date set for in my head, I was like, okay, I'm not pregnant. I'm going to find some wine. So <laughs> it's which is no mean feat in Dhaka. No, it's it's illegal. It's a dry, dry it's country. A dry country. And I went into like one of like there's a few like. Uh, bars that are relate that are linked with embassies, so they allow alcohol to come in. So the shipment of the month was Sutterhome, Slaughterhome, which is one of my favorite wines. I'm uh, such a wine connoisseur, but whatever. Oh it was God, like, nasty. It was like a college memory or something. I don't know. It was very like nostalgic. So I oh. saw <laughs> this white Zinfandel, which is a terrible wine, but I love it. And I saw bottles. So Desperate times. I know. I got so excited. So I drank a. I think I had like a whole bottle that night. Yeah. <laughs> I had a drink for six months and I was missing fun. Yeah, but, but I just... Really, the wine you want to start back with? <laughs> it was so good. Oh. It's so sweet. I love it. So we had a three day bender. Yeah. We had like a couple of other like oh, parties on. Stuff. Three separate. They weren't like in a row because let's be honest, I can't handle no, two days of drinking in a row because yeah, I'm. Just, we're old. I've, well, I've just got. I'm out of practice. <laughs> um, so then, yeah, I think in total I had about three bottles of wine. Um, so yeah, hopefully you've drunk them out of stock yeah let's hope anyway yeah so um yeah we're so we're back so yeah i'm back to not drinking again which is wonderful yeah we're just trying to get our heads and our hearts ready for a second transfer which is yeah. going to be uh in about two weeks actually yeah yeah fast just, forward. yeah and i'm having a really hard time getting my head around it i just i've i've somewhat kind of like lost hope i feel like i just kind of I'm a bit negative about it all. Like, I'm just like, well, it's not going to happen. Which I know it's only one time. Like, I know it was only one time. And people try for years and they can definitely get pregnant. 15 years and then they, like, suddenly get pregnant. <laughs> we got her. We told about that story. Oh, yeah, that, that one miracle baby from our friend. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it's just, I know it was only one time. But it just really kind of, I don't know, I'm still just bummed about it all. But I'm trying really hard to think positively and, you know. I, I, I. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just tough. It's just tough. Um, but yeah, like we said, we're going to try two embryos this mm -hmm. time because last time sucked. Yeah. But, um, and it's just, it's too complicated to go back and forth. Like I, and like, I'm, I don't, I really don't want to do two embryos because I absolutely don't want twins. Alex is a little bit more. I'm a bit more okay. A tiny bit more on the twin. I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be 
It'd be easier like, for me to bench press the kids if I've got oh, like the two of them. Can you imagine? Yeah. Hold them above my heads. Oh, I just don't want to. I don't want to be outnumbered by children, so yeah. like three, there's no chance. Like you just need to have the odds in your favor. Two, yeah. like half half is fine. Because mm. I keep saying I want to get some like big dogs. They're <laughs> going to help yeah. train the kids. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Oh, um, wow. But um, anyway, yeah, I, I, I really hope. I really don't want twins, but I really do want to increase our chances. So if you do the two embryos, it's going to increase chances to about 60-65%, which is still really low, which is boggling my mind. I know that's the – it's just weird. Um, so we'll have – yeah, so we're going to have 20%, 20% chance of twins. And yeah. – 65%. Increase. That's good. Yeah. And it's Aaron's birthday weekend. Yeah. So that's really cool. And your family is so sweet. Yes, because we weren't going to be able to afford another ticket for Alex to go with me, which I was pretty sad. I was obviously, we both of us were really sad about it. And it's like such a special time for Alex not to be part of it was just upsetting. Um, and it's my birthday, so I would have been alone on my birthday, which I was pretty devastated yeah, about. Yeah, you were more upset about it than I was. Um, but my brother, but one of my brother Nathan has got the family together and asked them all to like pitch in to get uh, to buy Alex a round trip ticket. Which is super, super sweet. Extremely sweet. So we're so happy. So now she gets to come and it will be a fun weekend. Yeah. And we can, you know, have a bit of a birthday celebration and then do the transfer and then come back. Yeah, and it'd be good to get out of town and yeah. good to get out of the house because we're currently on lockdown again. Yeah. Um, there was like a really horrific incident that happened about this time last year yeah, with a bunch Ramadan. of yeah with Ramadan and a bunch of foreigners were very horribly murdered so USAID and UN security have uh, put the warnings up again so now we're on lockdown we get to stay home all of the all times the time. all of the times so. but I've been um, upping my training which my poor friends are yeah. dying from and just cooking like lots of gourmet meals yeah, and, and that's really it. So it's going to be yeah. good to get out of the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go see friends again. Yeah. Um, but I think really what we've learned a bit more of this is... Yeah, that it's... It, I mean, internet says it all the time, but it is a really hard process. It's a really emotionally draining process, which we know, but I guess it's like hard to actually know until you go through it. So we just hope everyone else out there who's going through the same thing has some people around them that they can share a bottle of wine with yeah they can talk to so yeah it's important yeah. even if it's a lot of home but <laughs> it's I a hope, good wine yeah like i hope you're not alone i hope you've got other people to share this with but uh fingers and toes crossed um that hopefully the next time we chat to you guys we'll have a bit more positive news yeah yeah so until next time bye-bye bye, bye. So, wow. I mean, I I have a lot of thoughts and questions and thing, comments about that. <laughs> Very unfortunate that you guys aren't pregnant. Yes. I'm really sorry about that. It's really shitty that it didn't work the first time. I remember feeling similarly in the sense that it was like, maybe we'll be those people who just get pregnant <laughs> the first time and it's going to be so easy for us. And you kind of get like enchanted by that like sort of narrative. And then when it doesn't happen, you're like, oh. I'm just a regular person. So I'm really sorry about that. That's really shitty. Um, and I'm not going to give you a bunch of platitudes because it's okay to be sad. And I think it's okay. I think it's really important to grieve those little losses because there's so many of them in this process that if you don't, it'll kind of build up and then you'll just get really negative. 
Um, so yeah, you know, take that time to grieve, to wallow in it, to drink shitty wine, to do whatever you feel like you need to, to like rally yourself up again, because it's, it's really quite a lot of effort. I don't think people really can comprehend how much emotional fortitude it takes to kind of like gather yourself up and be like, oh, okay, let's do this again. And you have to do it over and over again. Uh, it's a really draining process. So really just be as kind to yourselves and to each other as you can in those moments because that's what's going to get you through it. Um, and oh my God, the amount of times Angie and I cried and like just had our hearts broken because that's what it is really it's like I'm, I'm like tearing up just thinking about how hard it was um and I'm a little scared <laughs> going into it again hopefully I don't have the same kind of um emotional like turmoil that Angie did but um it's okay if I do I guess the pressure is a bit different for us because we already have a baby so it's not like I will never be a parent but it is it is still a thing Anywho, so the other thing I was, uh, uh, another thing that struck me, me was that you actually waited the whole two weeks to do a pregnancy test. So that's really awesome because I know some crazy ladies, crazy in like the nicest, most um, positive way possible, who try like the second they can, <laughs> you know, like they wait two days and they're like, every day I'm doing a pregnancy test. I think for us that kind of made us crazy because then even if you get a negative, like is it a false negative? I don't know. So it's not really good information. I really think it's, I like super advocate waiting two weeks for everyone because um, if you just set that in your mind, like I'm just not going to try until two weeks, then you finally, it, then it's like a final thing. It's not like a tortured thing. Um, so good on you for that. Also, I don't think 40 to 50% seems high enough given how given how involved this process is and how kind of how expensive and how much they do it just seems like 40 to 50 is so low our doctor i remember him telling us that ivf was 60 percent. i remember that too yeah actually so so that's interesting it's i i am constantly surprised by the different information people get from different doctors there it does not seem like there's a whole lot of standardization in this field and it's really kind of frustrating because it should be based on science and should be based on best practices and there should be sort of a consensus. Mm -hmm. um, obviously we've got, there's a huge differences, right? We're in Canada, they're in, well, they're operating in Phnom Penh, which is a very different medical system, but you'd think that the medical literature that everyone's operating based on would be the same. Yeah, because uteruses are generally standard yeah I mean not standard but like the information that is gathered in a medical community is mm -hmm. standard and that's what usually informs practices across the world so um I don't know what it is about this field that kind of doesn't um isn't consistent it doesn't lend itself to like people giving a shit about the best practices so mm -hmm. maybe that's something that will come in the future but also did you were you horrified as I was that it's a dry country? Yes. I was like dry. Literally when you said that, Angie and I both looked at each other with like shocked, <laughs> terrified looks on our faces. How? Why? Do you, why do you, how do you live there? Also leave. I mean, an American and an Australian living in a dry country, that just does not make sense in my head. Yeah. Especially the Australian part because I know you people like to drink. 
That would be so difficult. I For anybody. And Although we don't really drink that much anyways, but still, I like to have a good cider. Oh my God. When we have a rough day and I don't have a drink, that's a harder day that way. Yeah. Yeah. And especially when we were trying to get pregnant, that yeah. was a very helpful tool for us. <laughs> Not that I'm saying you should cope with alcohol, but sometimes okay to like take the edge off of your day why is it dry that is so strange i mean uh, we're so north american we're so like westernized in our thinking (laughs) yeah we can't fathom i guess it's for religious reasons i don't know i mean we should be equally horrified that women aren't allowed to wear shorts or run so wait what she said oh yeah women aren't allowed to Somehow shorts. that did not equally, <laughs> did not sink into my, my deep psyche. We're such alcohol. Like, no, Fuck shorts. Alcohol. Not allowed to wear shorts. Huh. Right. That's, uh, you guys gotta leave there. <laughs> it sounds like an awful Although place. You but guys are helping. doing wonderful work. Yes, you're doing yes, good yes. work. You're very good people. Stay. Save the world. Don't stay forever, though, because you're not, how do you get happy there? If you can't wear shorts and you can't drink, there's no happiness. <laughs> That's what happiness is to Jackie. Well, and I also, like, it's hard enough for a person here to try and get the time off they need when they're trying to conceive. But the fact that you have to hide it so much because of your family structure, because of the fact that I don't really understand. I don't know what the laws are like there. I mean, here you can't discriminate against somebody for being pregnant. Um, perhaps that's not the case in DACA. I don't know, but it sounds like it's probable. Um, so I just really empathize with how many extra barriers you have to deal with. And the fact that you're still staying so positive, I'm like quite impressed by you guys. Also, you don't want twins. (laughs) You don't want twins. No, no. I thought the same way, you guys. I thought... Ooh, two for the price of one. Oh, we'll get two out of the way immediately. No, actually, no. I won't know any better because it'll be my first venture into motherhood. I'll just cope. I'll have to adjust anyway. I'll have to adjust. No. That's it. Oh, my God. One is enough. I just... One is enough, but I feel like also if you are going a route that's much more difficult or if you're somebody who's really struggling with fertility, it could kind of be a blessing in disguise. Yeah. So I don't think we should be super negative about it, but also I'm glad we only have one baby. But the people that do have twins, holy shit, you guys are like superhero crazy. Yeah, I can't even imagine what it would be like to have like more than two. No. Like triplets? I'm nervous about Jackie getting pregnant and us having another kid 18, 19, 20, 22 months after having a newborn. Like yeah. I'm still coming down from the newborn thing. <laughs> I couldn't imagine doing two at once. What if, they, what if their feeding schedule is off? What if their napping schedules are opposite? What if they wake each other up constantly? What if it's just too many babies? What if they one eats the other in the middle of the night? Actually, I've heard that twins, like multiples, sleep better because they're together. If you put them in a be- in a crib together, they're like, or in a bed or wherever they're sleeping together, that they're like happier because they're like, oh, I've got my little pal. Mm-hmm. I think it would be, I think there's a lot of really cool things about twins that I'm kind of jealous we don't get to experience, but... What if you mix them up, like really mix them up? I bet that's happened. When there's twins in the beginning, and you're like, one is well, George, and the other one is Michael. What difference does it make? 
Oh, George Michael. <laughs> but really, like, what does it doesn't. Mean? It doesn't, but, you know, like... I don't I feel like that shit only happens in movies. I think most twins are not so identical that you literally can't tell them apart. I think... Can you tell the difference between Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen? Yeah. No, you can't. One of them's a garbage douchebag, and the other one's a douchey garbage bag. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They both... They're just... I don't know, man. You can't tell the difference. Yes, you can. How do you tell the difference? I'm going to pull up a picture. You tell me which one it is right now. Okay, no. I'm not... No, no, no. I'm not saying, like, me as a, like, other person. I'm saying as a parent... Well, I wasn't asking you as their parent. I didn't realize that they no, were but, your children. No, I mean, legitimately, I think when you get to know people who are multiples, you can tell the difference. And also, not every set of twins is identical is the other thing. I don't care about Is that, that Mary-Kate or Ashley? I don't know. I don't, like, I already told you I don't know the difference. So, like, ah, so I was right. No, you weren't. For the viewers, listeners, this is Mary-Kate. Okay, other thoughts I had. Um, yeah, I don't know why people always tell you horrible stories when you're struggling with something. They're like, guess what this person had to go through that was so much harder than what you're doing. And maybe that's how you're going to end up. Yeah. Why do people do that? Why do they do that? And also when they tell you good stories, that bothers me as well. Well, my friends, they, they were just trying the at home method and they did it by accident one time and they got pregnant. Fuck your friends. Yeah. I neither don't neither stories them. are good. I used no. to, when my mom had cancer, I used to get stories from people on both ends. Oh, my friend's aunt had breast cancer and, and she... And she just, died. Either she died or she she just like had her breast removed and she's fine. That was like eight years ago. Neither of those are actually helpful because on one hand you're like, oh great, so you're completely denying all my feelings and my worries and my concern, or on the other hand, you're scaring the shit out of me, Mm -hmm. and I think now I have to be more worried. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, it's like this weird thing that a lot of people do that you're like so uncomfortable maybe with the topic because you don't feel like you actually have any information, and instead of just fucking empathizing with the person that's struggling with something, they end up like trying to relate to you in a weird way, or Mm -hmm. one-up you in a weird way. So if you ever think that that's a good idea, just don't do it. Just say, I'm really sorry to hear that. That sucks. You know, let me know if there's anything I can do. You know, if you're just feeling down, I'll make you some dinner. Let's look at pictures of Mary Kate Olsen. (laughs) (laughs) Or let's listen to the baby mamas. They'll make us feel better. So, yeah, I'm sorry that people did that to you because that's just fucking dumb. Also, I I feel like there's there's like a, there's something to be said about how this process must make you feel about your body and feeling let down by it. I know, Erin, that you were saying that you felt like, ugh, the only thing my body had to do was was have that embryo stick. Mm -hmm. And that's got to be such a difficult feeling because at least for us when we're trying IUI, it's like so many things. You know, the sperm has to find the egg and then the egg has to like let it in and then like then they have to like have a secret handshake and then they have to find a way to stick... So it's like we're kind of less on the hook physically. Um, But really, it's not your fault. But it's okay, I think, to maybe live in that moment for a second of like, I don't, I'm mad at my body that it didn't do this thing. Mm -hmm. I think it's totally okay to feel like that. And um, I really think in this process, it's super important for, for 
people to let you have your feelings. Let you feel your feelings. It's the only way to get through them. Yes, it's important to be positive, but it's also really important to, to feel the sadness and feel the disappointment and feel the negativity. And like, that's the only way your feelings are going to go go away. You feel them and you let them go. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to pick myself back up again and let's do this. We got this. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you can't move forward without going there first. Mm-hmm. Alex, I don't know how <laughs> you can do all that training <laughs> on top of everything else that's I think I'm like feeling tired just listening to you talk about throwing around a giant tire and running around on your roof. I would love to get like an aerial picture of what this looks like. Yeah. Where do you buy these tires from like a automobile store? And how do you just like, how do you get it up to your roof? Yeah, that sounds, the logistics I'm of I'm imagining all of this. it being dropped by a helicopter. <laughs> and it just stays there forever. Yep, and is, then many years, many, many, many years down the road when there's some sort of apocalypse. Yeah, and they'll be like, why is this tire on this roof? They'll think it means something mm. super deep about yeah. humanity, but really it's just like some the like next Stonehenge. Weird training. <laughs> Today, Sterling, we looked away for one second. Oh my God. And she crawled into the bathroom and we like to let it mellow in our house. Because we care about the environment. And uh, she <laughs> took advantage of that Sticking her hand <laughs> right in the pee and like splashing it about. Oh the my God. second things go quiet, you need to know what's <laughs> happening. Like the second it got quiet, I was like, oh shit. And I came in the bathroom, I was like, no, no, no. She had her like left arm, she's pulling herself up on her right arm. Standing at the toilet, left arm like all the way in the toilet, was just like splashing the toilet paper and piss all over the place. I was like, oh, this is gross. And then Angie's like, oh, crap. So she's trying My to, first like, question was like, did she put it in her mouth? Because I, I bet she did. I bet I, she put, she stuck her fit because she puts everything in her fucking mouth. She was like, uh, but she was busy. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to live in hope that she didn't. <laughs> but um, then Angie's like trying to get the bath going because it's close to bath time anyway so we're like fuck let's just do this but I have to hold then her hand and keep her entertained but don't let her touch anything with her hand or touch her hand to her mouth that's covered in pee while trying to undress her it was a shit show mm-hmm. actually it was a piss show <laughs> anyway um kids will just constantly surprise you yeah and we had other mother's day aka father's day oh yeah my How day was that? it was nice yeah, it's nice. I, sh- I I deigned to share it with my father. He wasn't super. What is that? A father. A father. Father. It is like a mother, but a dude. It's like a mother with a penis. <laughs> that sounds terrifying. I actually, I have a fantasy that I Where teach are you going with this? Sterling. Oh God. That the word for man is daddy, so that she calls all men daddy and makes them all very uncomfortable so angie's fantasy self uh wants to give our kid a bunch of fucking daddy issues even though she doesn't have one um so that's not gonna happen but anyway continue yeah um yeah i tried to explain to my dad like you know i know it's father's day would love to spend it with you but just so you know it's not just about you it's also about me and it was like what do you mean i was like it's other mother's day dad we each get a day and we've decided that we're gonna do it this way 
he was like, well, it doesn't matter when your kid's that little. I was like, well, we like to make each other feel special. And it's kind of hard to do that when we're both trying to be special. <laughs> and he was like, oh, I guess that makes sense. So he came, he came here and we made a roast and had a big dinner. Mm-hmm. And what else did we do? Played games. Yeah, we played. The weather kind of sucked. We were. I had really hoped that the weather would be nice and we could go for a nice walk as a family and go get a drink at this place on the seawall. And the weather sucked, so we couldn't do that. But we we had a nice time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a good dinner. It was very warm in here. Yeah, I got Jackie a Father's Day card. Oh my God, this is apparently our new tra- our our just started tradition that on other mother's day you have to get the most like dadly card you can and then adapt it yeah mine had like a canoe and was in the forest yeah it was, it was all about like dads raise their kids to have integrity and all this like shit yeah it was super macho bullshit yeah, it was crap. like all brown and green like basically camouflaged the only thing that would have been dadlier is if it was like clad and had a beard ew <laughs> I shouldn't say you because, I mean, things covered in cum grosses me out, but we should be honoring the sperm that gets us babies. Yes, of course. Even though I find it so weird and gross. Mm-hmm. When we were doing the at-home method. We already talked about this. I know, but I'm just, I've got to reiterate. I was I just was like, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. I didn't want anything to do with it, and I was kind of fascinated. I was like, oh, it smells. I was like, stick it in my vagina, but like, don't. I mean, I had to, like, suck it up out of that red solo cup. <laughs> oh, man. Mm-hmm. Sterling, if you're listening, um, I'm kind of glad that's not how you were conceived. It was sort of dirty. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Speaking of dirty, I put Sterling in a public fountain. Okay, you guys? I put her in okay. a public fountain. It's a public in fountain. downtown Vancouver. Okay, okay, okay. Let's, there's some caveats and here. all of our friends lost their fucking minds. Like and I said you may as well have put her, let her crawl on the floor of a Mexican subway station. Yes. Which I was like, wow, racist. <laughs> but really? Come on. It's not like a stagnant pond or like a, I don't... I don't see the big fucking fuss. It's a it's a it's it's a fountain that doesn't have a lot of people around it. It's at like a building next to ours. It's right across the street from us, and it's like a very green building and it's running water because it's a fountain that runs into this little faux stream along rocks. It's not like we're like here drink this. This is your new like only source of water. <laughs> she just was sitting in it playing in the rocks in the water, like literally no dirtier than like going to the park. Actually, no. probably cleaner. Because That's, that was my reasoning. Because yeah. she, at first I just put her feet in it. And then she was like trying to sit down so badly. And it was hot. So I was like, eh, I don't care. And I let her sit down. And then I sent a picture to all our friends. Like, oh, just having some fun. And like our friends lost their fucking minds. Mm-hmm. But my reasoning was just like, do you think that people are going out and Lysoling playgrounds? Yeah. Like the chains on a swing mm-hmm. or anything at a playground or transit or let's talk about daycare talk about a cesspool of germs all of our friends whose kids go to daycare are sick all the time i don't think the fountain is that big a deal also it's a fountain that they turn off routinely therefore the water is 
always getting like I'm sure it was just, just like filled water. with a hose. Yeah. And our tap water and, in okay, Vancouver. So maybe no no no. Our tap water in Vancouver is like some of the best, most drinkable water in the world. People bottle it and sell it. Yes, it's which not, is kind of sketchy. It's not gray water. It's clear. Like yeah. it looks clear. It's quite cold. And then this old man came up to me too and was like, <laughs> just so you know, that's not fresh water. And he was smoking. And I wanted to be like, just so you know, that's not fresh air, motherfucker. Like, when you're more th- concerned about the secondhand smoke than this fountain, so this, fuck off. This fountain is not like a natural spring. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! It's obviously hand, like man-made concrete <laughs> fountain. Fuck. Mm. Anyway, um, so it's it's super nice, like super fun being judged by your friends for your parenting choices. Because I was sitting there thinking, this is awesome. I can bring her every day in the summer. We don't have to go to the pool. You stick in the fucking fountain. Well, I mean, it's good in a pinch. I wouldn't say it's, like, the event. The people that live there are like, oh, there's that woman again with her fucking kid. <laughs> Every day I'm, like, camped out. Well, and people be like, oh, there's probably, like, dogs peeing in it all the time. I'm like, Or humans yeah. peeing in it. Yeah, and dogs pee at the park. Dogs pee in the grass. Homeless dogs people pee. hang out and vomit in parks and hang out and pee in parks and... Drug addicts hang out and do drugs. Yeah, like people. I think people need to get off their goddamn high horses because I have definitely public spaces in cities are a little dirty. Yeah, she'll survive. She did. She didn't get sick. She's fine. She's never been sick. She's been sick that one time when she puked a bunch and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, whatever. So fuck you, haters. Fuck you. I don't know if people have to be so judgmental. Like just. Yeah. I'm not putting your kid in it. Yeah, I feel like that's the other thing. I also trust that I'm, I have a brain and I do think about things before I do them. That's the thing I've like struggled with that people who become parents before you just assume they know more than you do or better than you do. And I feel like I've always been very careful not to offend parents about their choices. And I don't know that I necessarily feel we get the same consideration back. So that's the thing you have to look forward to. <laughs> um, yeah. Not to say that we do have some friends who are just incredibly supportive in their in their um, when we share sort of like our struggles or our thoughts around things. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, um, some of our other friends could be a little bit more supportive and a little bit less judgmental. Now I just have to edit this and put it online. I feel so much better that we did it. I've ended the anxiety cycle. Actually, it was me. I made us do this. But okay. You can take credit if you like. All right. Well, I just want to say one more thing. I really appreciate all the effort and time you put into our podcast because it is important to me. I just don't know how to edit it. And I'm sure you could teach me, but I don't want to learn. I know. Will you watch the Duckers with me now? Yes. Even if it's on YouTube and their voices are warped? I will do that for you. That's... (sighs) Not a thing that I won't do for love. Jessa? No. Is going to give birth? No, you don't get to talk about it on this podcast. I do. No. Uh, people have said that they like the Duggar reviews right. and that they want more of them. Anyway. Joanna, you watched the wedding with me. Joanna's wedding? Uh-huh. It's so fun to watch with Jackie, though, because of her snark. Mm. I have the snark going on in my head, too. It's just nice to have someone else to share it with. Wives who snark together, schmarf together. <laughs> Anyway, Joanna got married to a creepy guy with creepy eyes who I think is going to beat her and 
had her brother, remember when he was, like, conducting everyone to mm-hmm. sing? Yes, and I was watching him, and I was like, he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. He's clearly not experienced at conducting anyone. He's just making up the arm movements. Yeah. There's actually a pattern to the way you're supposed to conduct. Yeah, he was just, like, totally robot moving, like, Mer. And then they had thrown, like, dry, like, hay down the aisle. It looked like garbage. It looked like, like garbage. was like, this is an ugly carpet. What should we do? I don't know. Chuck some hay on the ground. Nobody will notice. It's because <laughs> the wedding coordinator asked him, Austin, her husband now, to describe Joanna. And he said, I always picture her running through a field. And so they decided to throw dried grass on everything. It looked so bad. Yeah. Like, I think if maybe it had been completely covered, it, yeah, it would have been, like, a like serious of, fire it's hazard. It's one of those fucking super churches. So it just looked, it looked like trash. It looked like garbage. That was just, oh, their weddings are just tragic. Yeah. They're right, boring. guys, let's go to the parking lot and have a hot Anyway, we're going to watch more. Now we get to backtrack. I've already warmed up the snarkometer. Awesome. All right, well... Thanks for sticking with us. We're going to try and stay on track. And we love you guys. We love you so much. I love you more, though. But I love you the most. Goodbye. Bye. Let's just not do the podcast at all. <laughs> the Baby Mama's Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Baby Mama's Podcast. Make sure to like them on Facebook and give them a great review on iTunes. Have a good day.